HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode of Cutting the Curd is brought to you by Comté Cheese Association. Comté, an iconic cheese from the Jura Mountains of France, favored by cheesemongers and cheese lovers all over the world. Find out more at comté-usa.com. That's c-o-m-t-e-usa.com. With our growing season just around the corner, we're sowing seeds of knowledge and empathy on this week's episode of Meat and Three through four unique stories. I'm always shocked at how aggressive people are with their language. I'll have something like Japanese knockweed and they'll say, you know, these are terrible, they're they're foreigners, they're invasive, and you know, but they're also, you know, they're really healthy if you eat them. We're surrounded by seeds that have already adapted to live with us and they're actually already kind of living in the future because cities are hotter and they're more polluted and they're more fragmented and these are the plants that can deal with that. Tune in to Meet and 3, available wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Cutting the Curd. I'm your host, Kara Warren. And today on the show, we have Anaïs Saint-André Lockron. She is the co-owner of Chantel's Cheese Shop located in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Anaïs, welcome to the show. Hi. Congratulations. You say my name right. I made it through your, <laughs> your sort of long name. It wasn't too bad. Um, yeah. <laughs> you did a great job. I'm very proud of you. Thank you. Thank you. I stayed hard. Um, so <laughs> the reason I am very, very excited to have you on the show is because you have a huge, huge passion for cheese. Um, and you are a French woman selling cheese in the United States. So I kind of wanted to like pick into like, how, how are you? De- how is this for you? How, how, how have you found made your dream a reality? Like, Please fill me in a little bit uh, on how you are in cheese and oh how wow. This all, well, I don't. Maybe we should go. How about this? So once oh, upon a time, no, no, no let's, let's let's go as far back as that. But I will. We will do the childhood question, which is, what is your earliest childhood memory of you and cheese? Okay, my whole childhood is full of cheese memory, but I have the funniest one, and I think it was one of the youngest one is. Tom de Savoie is all I have to say. Um, I was maybe five years old and 
I have some family in the Alps and we went for a weekend somewhere. Um, I don't remember any, not much about this trip. All I remember is my parents bought this whole wheel in a small farm of Tom de Savoie. And we drove back home, which I come from Lyon in the suburb of Lyon. And it was an hour and a half, two hours drive. And I was in the back and the smell of the cheese was so good. And I keep picking at it and I ate a whole Half a wheel, not a whole wheel, but half a wheel of Tom de Savoie. No, what? How old were you at the Five? <laughs> no. <laughs> so I cannot tell you. All I remember is being very sick and my parents being very <laughs> upset at me. But despite all of this, it's still one of my favorite cheese of all time. Every time I like smell it or have it in my hand or start biting in it, I just remember my little self being super excited about sneaking this cheese in the back of the car it's just my favorite memory and it i i love it <laughs> i i like that you that's a hard cheese did you eat the rind oh yeah well? i ate it all i just oh like God. i ate it all i was like going at little snip of thing so just to explain to the listeners out there tome de savoie has a very earthy dirty oh. rind like it looks like it could have been buried underground so yes so it's very that, earthy yeah the fact that nice that you went ahead and ate an entire tone to half a tone half. Of was uh I, it's just big i mean great. it's pretty big for a five years old i understand why i was sick but i'm surprised i'm not disgusted <laughs> by it so like yeah me yeah i was gonna say it means you you really love cheese um so then i'm curious for everyday life in your home uh, was it like you had some at a lunchtime or a oh, dinner yeah. always? Yeah, it <laughs> oh, is. Oh, yeah. It's part of the meal. So, like, every time you eat, you have your appetizer, your entree, and then you have cheese and then fruit. And, or, like, if it's not cheese, it's a yogurt. But, like, I always have cheese in my house. Oh. Always. So forever. Do you, do you, are you carrying on this tradition now in your house, in your everyday Pittsburgh life? Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> that would be kind of insane. But uh, I I lived a very American life. I do not have appetizer, entree, like all of this meals course all day long. But it's, it's weirdly I don't have that much cheese in my own home because well, I live mostly at the shop. So realistically, everything is there. Yeah, I was going to say, I think that's true to most people in the cheese industry and in the cheese professional world, because you're eating it all day, mm -hmm. sort of like taking a nibble, tasting it, seeing how ripe it is. Like, I, I don't think I ever had, I mean, well, sometimes you have a lot. <laughs> sometimes yeah, you sometimes do. you have a lot and sometimes you have nothing. Right. And my dad always make fun of me because when he comes visit, the first thing he asks is like, oh, do you have a little piece of cheese for a snack? And I look at him and I always like, no. Sorry, <laughs> so now no. <laughs> I have to think about bringing cheese for him when, he, well, when he come visit. You're, you're a good daughter. So how the heck, let's explain to the listeners, how did you get to Pittsburgh? Because again, Ooh. you're from Lyon, France. Yes, I did a little uh, school time in Santa Barbara, California, moved to New York. And I, oh, and I was in New York as a server, but then I decided that I wanted to work in the cheese industry. And it was a kind of a epiphany. I was getting married and this little old lady in middle Pennsylvania, I was getting married in my in-laws backyard and this little butcher shop who had a little cheese counter, like four feet 
like maybe 10 cheeses or something. And she just talked to me about, she's like, it was poetry. And I was like, I want to be you. I want to be this old lady that can barely walk and look like she's 50 or 102 years old. I don't know, but she's (laughs) the one who changed my life. Um, And then I just walked to Green Grape Provision in Brooklyn. That was 10 minutes walking distance. And I was just, I'm French. Can I have a job? And I got the job. Yeah. And I know that's sort of where we first met, but um, uh, I I think you had a really nice uh, effect on me because you you made me realize there's so much more to French cheese and the French awareness of cheese. Like I had no idea. Um, Working with you, I realized there's an intensity behind this, you know, like a a seriousness to the cheese world that, you know, I was always kind of goofy and everything local. And then you kind of like, wait, 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 there's more to this French side, you know? That's Um, good. (laughs) uh, In your, yeah. yeah. Well, no, you go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, so I mean, that's where we met. Yeah. Yeah, And then, uh, unfortunately, my mom, (laughs) yeah. And unfortunately, my mom passed away and I had to leave everything so suddenly. And I had to be in France for many months to deal with everything and I realized I hated New York, unfortunately. <laughs> it was not where I wanted to live my life. And life is short. She was 51 when she passed away. So for me, it was really, I need to wake up. I need to change my life. And we moved to Pittsburgh because my husband went to Pitt. And he was like, let's go out of New York and go somewhere we kind of know, even though I knew nothing about Pittsburgh. Nothing. And... um. I fell in love right away and I decided this is it. I want to be here. And a few years later, we opened the cheese shop and it's been a wonderful, wonderful experience. And the name of your shop, it's your mother's name, am I correct? Oh, yes, I should actually say that. Um, no, no, no. But yeah, it's, it's your mother's name, right? Yeah, I was with her when I was buying cheese and discovered that I wanted to work in cheese and she looked at me at the time and said, well, maybe one day you will have your own little cheese shop. Little did she know that five years later, I was opening Chantal Cheese Shop. Uh, it's beautiful. Uh, and so you've opened the shop now. How mm-hmm. has the Pittsburgh community taken it so far? Did, oh are my they God. into cheese? Yes. Uh, I am so grateful. Uh, this whole thing was very scary. I was not even 30. Uh, I was so young and scared and put all the money that we had in there. And it's been incredible. The, the, we have regulars from day one. The first person that came in um, was not a friend of mine. <laughs> uh, when we first opened, it was March 21st, like a soft opening and it, a huge snowstorm happened and we had a foot of snow outside the shop and I was like, great. No one will come. It's the end. This is how it starts. And the first person come in and it was a random person. And this person was just like, I am so excited. You're all finally open. I've been waiting for a month. And I was like, I almost cried. This was so intense. <laughs> Very I, emotional. I can hear it. This is what, so, I mean, this is why you sell cheese so well, because you're able to tell these sto- these kinds of stories with emotion. Um, so how many mongers do you have now? 
Oh, I'm so proud that we have three mongers now. And my husband is with me in this endeavor. So I count him as my fourth cheese, like my fourth cheesemonger now. You count him as your, your husband is your fourth cheesemonger. Yeah, he had to okay. learn <laughs> everything. He's not a, a cheese, per, I mean, he's a cheese person, but not a cheese seller. And he had to learn everything so fast. And he's doing an incredible job. It's not his primary job. He's more like our accountant and paperwork guy and he had to learn so much and he's doing a great job but I'm very grateful that during this pandemic we actually added our third cheesemonger in the group awesome awesome and it's, how many how many cheeses do you have um, ooh, at this have, point then because I'm curious how many he had to learn to, to qualify ooh, as so a kind of, <laughs> it's kind of hard because it depends of uh when uh about the season for example like we have between 80 to 120 different cheeses uh during the holiday season we have a lot of cheese mm -hmm. we go through so much so we kind of go a little farther with our different variety but it changes a lot so depending on what we have that's between the 80 and 120 i would say that's that's a good that's a very good amount uh, and would you say it's, um, what is the mix? Is it, uh, you know, American versus European versus, I guess, imported? Like how, how much, what I are the ratios you think? try to do 50% American and the rest imported um, because I'm French and a lot of people expect it to be a purely French, just French cheeses. And I fell in love with American cheeses over the years because I was the first one to be like, huh, American cheese is stupid, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Little French me. Little did I know that I will fall in love very hard with all this artisanal cheeses. So I tried to keep it around 50% imported, 50% American, but I feel like that varies a little bit as well. Um, and I think, I feel like since you know the original versions from France, do you mm -hmm. feel like, um, in regards to the French export cheeses, do you think they get fair exposure? Do you think they uh, yeah. good representation? <laughs> I mean, yes and no. I would say that we are very lucky that we get all the famous cheeses uh, out here. So it's fantastic when you're from France and you haven't had any French cheeses and all you want realistically is the famous one because it's the one that you mostly grew up with. Um, I am a little sad that I cannot get smaller Producers, I try. Uh, I work with my distributor to try to always get the smallest farms. It doesn't matter which countries. I always try to pick the smallest farms. Um, just because it's more fun. And also to discover something maybe different that I might never had before. Um, but I feel French cheeses, if seen, everybody knows them. So it's fun about that because you don't have to explain everything all the time. But it's also take the fun out of it. I love learning about something new. So it's a love-hate relationship, I would say, because I wish so much that we have a lot more smaller producers from France. But in Pittsburgh, we are in a weird place that we it's really hard for us to get any cheese at all. So we have to fret actually all of our good cheeses from Brooklyn. Right. So that's the thing that I think um, some people across the country, some listeners know, some buyers of uh, the industry, they know this, but like not mm -hmm. everyone realizes there's a lot of logistics in cheese. 
And oh, so you've had yeah. to partner with certain groups, even if it wasn't your first pick, but if they, if, you know, just to make it work. Mm-hmm. Um, and it costs us money. I mean, mm-hmm. we pay to get our cheese all the way to Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's a thing, but yeah. I'm very proud to be able to do it anyways. And I think our customers know it and they are very happy to have all these weird cheeses. No, it's great. And I, and I think you raised another good point before. You mentioned uh, bringing smaller producers from like the export market to the U.S. I don't think a lot of buyers in the cheese industry realize that if they know a farm and they can commit to a, a certain volume of that cheese per year, they can, their importing partners can bring that in for them. But they have to commit to the volume. And I, I think it, it's so interesting to me, like at the fancy food show, for even example, people don't always walk the European or the imported aisles. But if you find a new product there, it doesn't mean it's off the table, you know? I actually found a Canadian importer, and I just thought Canadian cheeses were out of reach, really, for us. And it was, oh, no, it's very easy. Just give me a call. And I was like, oh, wait, what? <laughs> and that was thanks to a fancy food show that I managed to import some Canadian cheeses. Wow. It's it's just a question of logistic because I have to get a certain amount from my distributors. So sometimes it's not that easy to bring in someone else cheeses mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or find a new distributor to bring in um, because we're still a small cheese shop. Even though we're doing great, it's still <laughs> a whole logistic to not have your cheese stay in the case forever. So like you need to have a good buying yeah, rotation. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I mean, so that's just a, a little secret out to the other people in the cheese world. If they don't know it already, I feel like we, we kind of gave them a tip. Yeah, it's um, like our dirty secret, you know, oh, logistics. <laughs> understanding logistics, absolutely. Exactly. And, and commit commit to volume. Um, mm-hmm. So um, I wanted to ask you, maybe this is kind of repeating the question, but as a French woman selling cheese in the U.S., French cheese is in the U.S., uh, do you feel like it's, you're, you're doing easy. A, a serve? It's easy? It's easy. Okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. I seriously think it's easy because I can just say like oh you know I'm French (laughs) so trust me that's it and people are like oh yeah you must know about cheese and they're like yes oh Uh, no it's it's funny I do think I do have the legitimacy oh I cannot say this word right now proof of like being French is hard to talk in English sometimes this Um, is cutting the curve that's what happened (laughs) exactly but I it's also give a charm, I think, because I do the social media in our uh, cheese shop and I have my friends or family sometimes make fun of me because I make mistakes mm-hmm. and it's not all, 100% wrong. It's just not proper and they always laugh at me. But I, at this point, I don't care anymore because if not, I will have to like have my husband check every single thing I post, which is impossible. <laughs> Um, and I just think it's part of the charm and, you know, it's, it's just fun to be French sometime. It's good to be yourself. It's good to be authentic, uh, more Mm -hmm. than anything, I think, especially in, in this day and age. Um, so I have a funny, interesting question. Um, if you could interview a French cheesemaker or an affiner, who would it, who would it be? Ooh, uh, actually it already happened to me and all the shame came with me, uh, about ah. this. Uh, I was at the Fancy Food Show in New York, uh, oh, a couple summers ago, the last one that before COVID in New York. And I always told myself if I go to France, it's been a long time. I haven't 
being able to go to France. And I always say that if I go back, I will definitely visit Rodolphe Le Meunier. I love his cheeses so much. It's absurd. Like, I'm <laughs> totally in love with the cheeses. And I always wanted to visit uh, the cheese shop and try to talk to him. And so I built up this whole scenario that I was going to go to France and visit to this one guy. And... I was at the fancy food show at the FMS stand and I didn't know that it will be here. I <laughs> arrived and suddenly it was two foot away from me and I was starstruck. And you need to understand that I used to work at Balthazar in New York, which is full of personalities and famous people. So normally I do not react this way and I could not speak. I didn't know what language to use, what words were supposed to come out of my mouth. I just just blushed and said a couple words that were not any languages. <laughs> um, and then I realized that I had I had to breathe for a second. And then we ended up talking and it was great. And I, I was so happy to have met him. Um, he's a real Frenchman. And he he's a cheese. real Frenchman. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I did not expect to be him to be in front of me. Like in my wildest dream, I was supposed to be in France to meet him. Because With, he's a right. Of course, you were in France dreaming to meet Rodolf. Uh, yes, <laughs> not in New York uh, at seven a.m. Wherever, what time yeah, it was, I have time. no clue. Um, <laughs> um, have you met any other moths, cheese moths, before? Uh, I mean, I visited a lot of farms growing up and I met a lot of actually cheesemongers all my life. I just didn't have the perspective of me being a seller mm-hmm. and have to meet people and actually talk about this as a professional way, I think. And yeah, yeah. it was just different. But realistically, nowadays I have, uh, I, I think in France, I would love to, to go to the Alps and visit the Schmidhauser Um Ah, the Schmidhauser Yes, and I have family back there, so for me it's very easy to access that. So, like, I I love their cheese as well, and Tom de Savoie, I mean, come on, it's right. part of my life. I do need they, to know. Do they also make Tom de Creuse also? Yes, yes. yes we have it right now at the shop, so of, I can of course definitely you tell you <laughs> that it's yes. Okay, okay. Well, okay, so, I mean, all right, we're going to continue this discussion mm-hmm. In another episode, another French episode, because I think the Schmidhauser <laughs> group is going to get their own episode one day. Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I'm curious then, what kind of local Pennsylvania cheeses do you have? Oh, I have a, actually the same amount at this point. Um, we have obviously Goat Rodeo from Pittsburgh. Uh, love them so much. Uh, we have Doran, also one of my favorite creamery of all time. We carry most of their cheeses at all time. Uh, and then we also carry Valley Milk House, Heaven Farmstead, Birchrun Hill sometime, and Caputo Brothers Mozzarella. We that's we make fresh mozzarella every few days from them, and I'm so happy they exist. Oh um, wow! You you said you're making the mozzarella, or they're making the mozzarella? Oh, we are. We you are. We, yeah, yeah. So you and, take curd and and pull it yourself. Yes. And stretch it. Oh, that's awesome. That's great. And it's incredible. Their mozzarella is just the best that I ever tasted. So. What was the name of that group again? I just want to make sure we get it out there. Caputo Brothers oh, yeah. uh, in Pennsylvania. They, they are getting their name out there right now, so I'm very proud of them. Cool. That's very cool. And I, there is actually, it's interesting. So Pennsylvania has a little bit more of a cheese scene than I realized. Um, and, and you mentioned for your pairing, 
you did what was your pairing that you did for this episode so i did fre- uh, the fresh goat cheese from goat radio with brin's uh rosemary grapefruit jam with some uh cote de provence rosé so this is pure me this is the perfect combo pittsburgh brooklyn france all mixed together and it's also a drink like uh we used to drink as kids There is like grapefruit, simple syrup and rosé. Don't ask. That's was, I don't even know if they still do this, but at the time it was very cool to do it. And unfor- I mean, I would say unfortunately, but not really. Today I learned that Brint's uh, got bought. I mean, they, they are moving to a Pennsylvania facility and uh, they, they just sent us a, an email today. So realistically... It's still me, so no, no shame in this. <laughs> Brooklyn moving to Pennsylvania, I totally get it. Yeah. Uh, but I agree with you about Pennsylvania. It's very funny how I moved to Pennsylvania. I knew it was a dairy, like a milk state, and I never thought about the cheeses in itself. And I worked at Whole Foods for a year because it was really the only place fun to work um, in Pittsburgh. And... I was taught that there were no good uh, cheeses in Pennsylvania at the time at Whole Foods. And I, I didn't question it. I just moved like two weeks prior. I have no idea what's happening. And then I was a year later, I left and I realized there are all these good cheeses around. Yes, maybe on the west side of Pennsylvania, but there's some good cheeses out there. And... Yes, I wish there's a lot more, but I'm very proud of what we have so far. <laughs> yeah, and, and so you're working directly with the farms, or do you use All of a... them, yes. Wow, that's great. Yes, it's hard sometimes to get their attention, I do have to admit. I'm still trying with one. Ah. Um, but, you know, they're busy, and it's a whole logistic thing, and we don't know if actually ship or anything. So it's always something fun to... I mean, fun and frustrating to try to like contact them and right. be like, hey, can we have your cheese? Right. You make an excellent cheese. Now let's work on getting it. Yeah. How can we get it? Is there a farmer's market? Is there a truck? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I get that. Um, all right. We're going to take a quick break here. Uh, everyone, you're listening to Cutting the Curd. I have Anais, a Chantel's cheese shop on with me, and we will be right back. This episode of Cutting the Curd is brought to you by Conte Cheese Association. Conte Cheese Association represents the Conte PDO, Conte Protected Designation of Origin in the USA. Conte is a raw milk cooked pressed cheese from the Jura Mountains of France. There, every day, 2,500 family farms deliver milk to over 150 local cheesemaking facilities, or fruitiers. This milk must be transformed into Conté within 24 hours of milking to preserve the lactic microflora in the milk, ensuring the cheese's aromatic potential. About 105 gallons of milk are required to craft a single wheel of Conté. Conté takes time to acquire its flavors in the affinage cellars. After eight months of aging by dedicated affineurs on average, each wheel of Conté is graded and shipped to market. 
No wheel of Conte is the same. Its flavors speak to the pastures where the cows grazed, the season in which it was made, the particular craftsmanship of the cheesemaker, and the time spent in the aging cellar. Therefore, every wheel of Conte is unique. Learn more about Conte, an iconic cheese from the Jura Mountains of France, favored by cheesemongers and cheese lovers all over the world. Find out more at Conte-USA.com. That's C-O-M-T-E-USA.com. All right. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Cutting the Curd. I'm your host, Kara Warren. And again, I have Anais of Chantel's Cheese Shop here with me from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Um, I wanted to go into their our next fun shindig here. I wanted to talk about uh, well, maybe it's not too fun. Uh, it, marketing. How has marketing changed for you since uh, the COVID situation? Oh, um, it's really a very big loaded question, more than you imagine, and not really? because of COVID. <laughs> um, huh. So, realistically, marketing in itself hasn't changed much because I do everything myself. Um, so, it's... It hasn't changed that much. The only thing that changed when COVID happened and we had to close our door, we never actually closed, closed. Uh, we totally moved towards delivery and pick up right away. Um, it was a nightmare, but we did it. And I started to really describe every cheese I'm posted, uh, a little bit about the creamery, if I can find like any information I can have. And I beg any creamery if they have a website to please put as much description as they can or anything because it's a great source of knowledge for us um and so i always look and try to put as much description in a little tiny instagram post so that's something i had to work a lot more because people could not come in and taste and we still do not do any tasting until um at least all of our staff have the vaccine we are still waiting on that but so it works like that people actually know what it tastes like also what it looks like with the picture and a little bit if there's a cool fun fact about the cheese or the creamery or anything i can find i will put it out there so it helped sell cheese because normally we a lot of people just call over the phone and we cannot just spend half an hour with each customers we will spend 10 to 15 minutes uh, per customer to talk about what they want, but that will help like a big chunk if someone already knew what they wanted because people will check our website, but a lot of people trust us. We managed to build this reputation to, I don't know what it is, but give me what you have right now. That is amazing. And because we carry a lot of cheeses that no one else know. I mean, we have few of the main cheeses that people know, but we try to really go smaller farms. So like in Pittsburgh, because we are one of the only cheese shop, which really try to care, to have cheese that no one knows. So you have to work extra hard to try to teach people on what it is. And that's part of it. But because of COVID and also I had to have back surgery in the middle of all of this. And I realized I cannot do the job that I was doing before I literally broke my back doing this job. So um, that and serving, let's be honest, it's not just the cheese industry, but uh, 
I have to rethink my entire life uh, because being at the counter is something that is really hard on my back. And so I'm going to focus on doing a lot more marketing and classes and teaching instead of being at the counter. And Dee took over and is doing such an incredible job. And I'm very grateful to have the team I have. I would never have been able to take the time off to be able to take care of myself without them. So very yeah. everything to me. <laughs> yeah, no, big, big up to the, uh, to the cheesemonger teams that take care of each other. Cause that mm-hmm. is, that is something, um, I think in the that's hard, do it. Yeah. Yeah. And the hardest and stressful time we probably ever lived as a nation. I mean, as in the world, I mean, it's very stressful for everyone and they'll have been incredible. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, absolutely. Um, so what have been, do you feel like your customers' expectations have changed since, um, or just in general, what do your customers expect when they're, when they're quality. dealing? Just quality. <laughs> yes, and good cheese in general. We do fresh cuts, so they know the, the cheese doesn't stay in plastic wrap for that long. We use incredible cheese paper. Um, we know every cheese that we sell each person at the counter knows everything about each cheese. So they know that if they come to our cheese shop, um, they will have something good. We will try to cater to, we will find the cheese that you will like. Right. And, and so basically, actually, this is a very good point. You guys don't have a lot of grab and go. It's mainly a cut to order. Cut to oh, order. yeah. Our grab and go cooler is mostly our vegan cheeses that we make in-house, uh, drinks for our sa- grilled cheese sandwiches, and some pate and olives and couple grab and go cheeses that we cannot carry in our case. But we mostly have just fresh cut cheese. Which is is not something everyone gets nowadays. So I, I applaud you for doing it. Um, did you have e-commerce before COVID or did you have to create that after? So we don't even have e-commerce Deal. Oh, uh, we wow. we are working on a website, but because of my back and my husband dealing with everything all the time, I t- to take care of me plus the shop plus trying to create this new website. Um, he does it mostly on his own, so it's been a lot of work, and we kind of pushed it until now. So we are doing pictures now and things like that for it, but we. I have amazing customers that worked with us throughout this whole thing and no one complained about it so far. Yeah, that's great. So, I mean, it's, we still don't have e-commerce and it still works. So I mean, that's great. I mean, because I, I feel like you're really a community store within Pittsburgh. Well, Pittsburgh is a community. It's very weird. It's, a big, it's a big little city. We always say because each neighborhood have their little centers. Everybody know each other. It's very weird. We are like the Greater Pittsburgh is four million people, and we all know each other. That's <laughs> kind of weird. I love that. That's great. I had no idea it was four million people. By the way, that that's uh, that's a, it's like all the suburb like included. The city on itself is not as big, but it it's very funny how. Yeah, it's just the everybody is very nice and and understanding. Everybody's been so graceful <laughs> with this whole pandemic and 
amazing to understand what we all the rules. Each business has different rules and we never had any problem. So I can only be grateful for everyone who come through our door or called us or emailed us for everything. Um, I, I know this because I went to your store, but you're very close to a hospital, right? It's oh, we are across. Yes, yes, we have children hospital across the street. We're on a very weird spot because we're not part of the center of any neighborhoods. We are literally in the center of two different neighborhoods. And a lot of people wonder why we're here, but we have two neighborhoods that people walk a lot. So we have a lot of walking people just coming through. Parking is a nightmare anywhere in Pittsburgh, realistically. So you know, we always going to hear complaints about this, but yeah, I was going to say every tea shop needs a parking lot one day. Uh, oh uh, yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> dream. Um, yeah. It's a big dream. Um, yeah. but I was going to ask you, are you getting healthcare workers or, um, yes. yeah, you are. Okay. Yes. It's funny. kind of, it's like a little wildfire, I would say, because it's by department. If someone start knowing us in one department, then we get more of the same department. We do grilled cheeses. So um, that helps a lot. Um, we have people coming every Friday, every Thursday, or there's even one nurse that we almost named a sandwich after her. So, wow. So. That's and it's on the menu forever. We have three grilled cheeses wait, per wait. day. I want to know what the nurse's grilled cheese sandwich is. So we have only three grilled cheeses. We have two simple one and one like special that rotates whenever we decide to. And, uh, it's, uh, just, Swiss Gruyere prosciutto with Dijon mustard. Simple as that, but oh, wow. it's a gr- like great favorite. So okay, okay. I feel like there's a secret ingredient in there, but we're gonna let it go. <laughs> oh no. no, we just make not. them on on French French baguette. I okay. mean, okay. I okay. guess can you call that a grilled cheese? American will say no, uh, but you know, uh, as a whole, <laughs> you Frenchy, you got it. Yes, get there. Okay, I got it. Uh, we're, let's circle back to more French things. Um, I want to know, are you doing Mimolette Day again? I'm curious. Yes. Yes. You are, are going to do I, it. We will. We're actually planning right now for a Mimolette Day in September. Okay. Hopefully we all have vaccine at this point. But uh, the thing is, because we did, we couldn't do any sampling and uh, life is weird, was weird, still weird yeah. this year. Uh, we didn't do it this year because the Mimolette Day is about sampling Mimolette all day long um so it's so much fun and we have such a great idea for the next one so like check our instagram to figure it out (laughs) i can't i'm gonna be watching out at chantal's cheese everyone by the way just in case you're looking up instagram chantal c-h-a-n-t-a-l-s cheese uh that's that's the instagram account uh i'm curious will there be a mountain of Mimolette cheese. <laughs> so for our next idea, I don't think so. Hmm. <laughs> but there is a cooler idea coming through that. Okay, so I'll, I'll you need that. to wait because uh, a lot of things will happen. We okay. will even have have shirts. What? I mean, just, yes. I mean, that's just a little sneak peek of what we are trying to do. So Okay. Yes. Uh, I, I ask you this because um, you're one of my favorite Mimolette loving people. So that's why I wanted to know more. Um, you need to know that people get infuriated with me at the cheese shop behind the counter because during Mimolette Day, I literally put my arms up in the air and just scream Mimolette Day all day long. Oh my so everybody is just like, oh my God. And they were, they're racing to the store for Mimolette. You've told me this. I mean, I'm trying to remember if that's the words, but... Um, people come for Mimolette Day. It's amazing. I love it. It's a holiday. Fantastic. It's a holiday at the cheese shop. 
<laughs> we create uh, our own holidays over here. That's how you have to do it. Um, so I'm curious, what would you like to see next in the cheese industry? Is there something you're looking for next in the industry? Yes. Uh, actually, I've been thinking a lot about this. And I think also I like that I've been seeing more about it recently, but I would like more international cheese. I want different countries and I know it will not be easy. At, like right now, we just start learning about it. So I'm so glad to see in Culture Magazine, and thanks to you guys now, um, The Cheese Professor is my new favorite website to check. But I just want to know about different countries. I mean, I'm French, and for example, in France, we only had French cheeses. Um, and I was so amazed and flabbergasted to realize how incredible cheeses were outside of France. <laughs> I mean, it's so stupid maybe to think that I was so naive to think like French cheeses were the best um, for so long that it was a, such a humble moment for me to realize how incredible cheeses were all around the world. And I would like to travel at this one because it's not coming to me. So I would love to travel to have like a taste of every cheese around the world. Oh, wow. Do you have a certain country um, uh, specifically that you've been thinking of? I I'm intrigued with Japan. Mm -hmm. uh, I agree. Yep. It's it's so far. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's so far and it's a, it it's I've never been there. I traveled so much in Europe. Um so I know most of European cheeses realistically. Um and Central America. I think I mean I don't know. Central America, South America. I think like every country or like every continent I haven't been is somewhere that is interesting to me. But Japanese yeah. cheeses is a thing, and I'm very excited. I need to find someone who, maybe I'll, I'll figure it out. I would like to interview someone actually in Japan <laughs> about cheese so we can get a feel on this. Um, that's a good point. Uh, <laughs> um, is there anyone in the, in the cheese world or a, a related company that you currently admire besides Rodolf Munier? Well, that's totally different. Uh -huh. <laughs> uh, now, realistically, I'm a big fan of anyone who's trying to educate about cheese. And uh, I'm trying to do my best over here. And I'm reading so many books. I had so much time on my hand that I read every cheese book I can ever think of. And I would say, I mean, the always cheese, for example, I love them because they're trying to promote. So, I mean, it's so important. But I think, I mean, it's like the Cheese Professor website. I'm so happy I got to learn about it because I think it's very important. We need this. Yeah, but another outlet. I would sure. say for the real answer, I would say Zingerman because we, my husband and I are trying to improve our shop in a way with mostly with our our customers. We know the cheese does the talking, right? Like we... We already know that, but we want to be better, um, actually, cheese owner, I would say. So we want to learn so much more about how to take care of our employees and how they can expand their own passion. And we read, obviously, the book of the Zigerman book about the lapsed anarchist approach to building a great business, and it changed our life. And we already have a lot, like everything was said in this book was what we 
want. It just was very nice to be able to read it and think that it's possible. And I love what they're doing to try to train other businesses to be like them. And I think it's very important. I do believe training and education is the most important thing ever. So this is how I sell cheese by educating people about cheese. So yeah, it's very, it's very, I would say that. Yeah, no, Mm -hmm. no, it's a great answer. It's very important. It's a great choice. Singerman's um, with everything that they've, I've seen through conferences and overall, I mean, the open book management and managing employees it's um it's a wonderful model so i hope i hope that all of this becomes true as you grow like you expand in that way so i guess that leads into my next question which is what's next for chantal's are you going to expand are you so yeah no what, what, no 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 <laughs> yes and no because yeah. we we're thinking when we first open oh maybe we'll open in that different location because this cheese shop is so tiny uh, we have no space. We're already out running our space. Uh, we only have a three-door cooler in the back plus our case, which is nothing for a cheese shop. Mm-hmm. We didn't think we would be that good that fast, I would say. Um, but we are taking over the apartment that is upstairs to put our offices and my picture, I mean, my studio, photography studio that... I your social media, have, right? right? Yeah. yeah, it's like I for a website and social media, and right now I'm using a high top of two by two in a dark basement. So you have no idea how str- the struggle it is to f- take any pictures. Um, oh, I believe it. <laughs> but we want to take this, like, take all of this upstairs to be able to put more colors in our. It's like a basement slash first floor from mm-hmm. the back. So. We would like to just be able to expand on cooler space, um, but we have no desire to move anywhere for right now. Uh, okay, for now. I think this for is now. for now, because uh, I was going to say, I, I could see you one day having a second location in Pittsburgh. We might have to just move. Uh, or just move? Because oh. we will run out of space. Yeah. I. That's <laughs> kind of the problem Yeah. that we might encountered in the future i never want to move from this little tiny little cheese shop it's like everything i love but we might have to at some point just for space purposes oh my goodness oh my gosh okay all right well anais i wanted to say thank you very much for coming on the show today thank you so much for having me it's been wonderful okay great they, uh, so everyone, if you want to find, I mentioned it earlier, but if you want to find Anais and Chantel's Cheese Shop, please follow them on Twitter or Instagram at Chantel's Cheese, C-H-A-N-T-A-L-S. Um, also, if you think you have an idea for an upcoming show, please reach out to us directly on Instagram at Cutting the Curd. Um, if there, we don't want to miss any topics, and I like researching new unfound topics, so please, please um, hit us up, direct message us at Cutting the Curd, and... Um, We'd love to talk more about new ideas. So everyone, thank you for listening. We'll see you next week uh, and eat more cheese. Cutting the Curd is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. 
Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritage radio network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.